listening to Designers Unfiltered, the podcast that's all about empowering, educating, and inspiring you to build your very own profitable interior design business. I'm Court. And I'm Riz. Together, we will uncover insider tips and tricks and explore the untold stories of other successful designers. We are here to entertain, educate, and unpack the industry's best kept secrets. Designers Unfiltered is your go-to podcast for leveling up and living your best interior designer life. Hey everyone. Hey. Welcome back to another episode of Interior Designers Unfiltered. So today we are going to be talking about discovery calls and implementing discovery calls into your client process. And how important they are. Yeah. And also the red flags. I love red flags. Yeah, Court's really good with red flags. (laughs) I mean, I don't love red flags, but I love (laughs) knowing what they are and then going, ooh, no. I mean, no one loves a red flag. No. You want green. So we're going to go through them um, and what you guys need to look out for within Discovery Call, certain phrases, um, the way people speak, that sort of thing. Yeah. So if you aren't already implementing Discovery Calls into your sort of vetting process of a client you need to be doing that yes you need to veto yeah lots of vetoing and being picky with who you're actually working with if it doesn't feel like it aligns for you um because remember you're in control it's your business yeah absolutely and I think most designers get into the mindset I don't I know we have done this in the beginning stages that you just take on any work that comes your way because of course it's money it's income Um, But I think once you leave space for your ideal client to actually come in and you're saying no to anything else that doesn't align with that, um, that's when you really start to enjoy what you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the best way to have it. (laughs) Yeah. But you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't work that way and they're scared to say no to people. But Mm. that's Well, I think it's a big jump from learning to just doing everything to then saying no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially if you don't have a good money mindset, then you'll be stressing the F out. Yes. So I guess what makes discovery calls important Mm. um, is being able to understand your client needs. Um, So basically during the call, you're going to be vetting this client to see if there's someone that you want to be working with. You're going to be gathering like essential information about this potential client. Um, you know, their preferences, what their lifestyle is, and the requirements of the actual job at hand. Yep. Well, I mean, it's pretty crucial because then you can understand them more and then it might be straight away. Nope. Thank you. Bye. And I think as well, like uh, being able to understand the client's needs and immediately you're going to be like, okay, well, I can't actually solve your problem or meet the needs that you actually have so right away that's going to be like okay well no I with the services that I offer I actually can't help you um, and that eliminates you wasting their time and them wasting your time as yeah. well oh 100% and that happens a lot more than it should I guess <laughs> yes because I mean at the end of the day time is money time is money it's your favorite saying yeah um I think the actual like really important thing and something that we do well during our discovery calls is it's a really great time to start building um, a great relationship with the client and building trust with the client yeah if they're going to be a client that you're going to be working with well I think either way though even if they end up not being a client like after the discovery call and you've realized that this doesn't align I would still build the rapport during that phone call regardless because word of mouth can happen 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, this is a chance that you can, um, establish a personal connection with the client. Um, and you just start to build the trust and confidence within the client that they feel really comfortable with you and that they know that you're knowledgeable on the topic at hand and that you can actually provide your service because you are knowledgeable. Well, yeah, it comes hand in hand. I think yeah. you trust them, they trust you. Yeah. If you go into a discovery call and you're like flustered and you like don't know what to say and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't come across great and it doesn't come across, even if you are super confident in your um, services and like what you have to offer, if you're not actually projecting that to the client, yeah. they're going to be like, oh my God. I also think like on that topic as well, like when you do a discovery call, be in a calm space, like maybe don't be driving and using the car is your office because you'll be distracted and can't give the client 100% yeah. of your attention. Well, one thing that we do is we, well, we try not to ever do a discovery call on the spot. No, so we, we always book, book discovery calls in that way, you know, we're in the office or we're somewhere where we're like mentally prepared to have the call. Um, yeah. I think especially like if you don't feel comfortable having those sort of calls to be able to have the time to mentally prepare yourself to go into that sort of meeting will make a world of difference in the way that you come across to the client because you yeah. will feel calm and more confident. So I think that's really important. Never sort of do a discovery call on the fly where you don't have your questions in front of you. You're not prepared, all that kind of stuff. I just don't think it ever turns out good. No. And <laughs> the client right away will know that you're not prepared and you really don't get what you should get out of that call because no. you're just like... And if they want your services, they will book in for that discovery call when you're able to talk to them. Yeah, 100%. So don't be scared in saying, yep, just on the road at the moment or whatever the situation is, um, can I send you an email later? Like, you know, get them to text through the email address or if you wanted to call them back later with a time and date, just any way of communicating through. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. Yeah. And like this discovery call literally will be like... 10 minutes like 10 to 15 minutes it doesn't have to be anything major it's really just a quick way to get your questions out and just get them to answer the main things of what you need to know which Um, yeah in saying that it's a good way to get the project scope clarified yes with the client as well so making sure like you're going through and discussing that you're both on the same page about like budget timeline um just anything that can really come up during the project like they already they may already know something to do with the renovation or home that you need to discuss um budget's obviously the big one so making sure that you both understand that from the get-go yeah yeah and I think like that's when they're gonna start one. I think like when you ask things like when you find out what the scope is like timeline is a big one like yeah. if they're like oh I need it done like yesterday in two weeks <laughs> and you're just like okay well no, I can't actually provide you my service and do it in two weeks. So th- obviously that's a red flag, but um, that's like a prime example of you being like, okay, well, I can't actually service your needs um, and budget. Like if they come in and they're like, I have, I don't know, like a $2,000 budget, including your fees for my project. You'd be like, okay, well, n- immediately no. No, that's, that's such a low example. No, but you know what I mean? Like when people yeah, are yeah. just like, just have sort of no idea. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that your services might cost, I don't know, 10 grand, like that's a massive gap. So again, you probably aren't going to meet their needs and expectations. Um, no. So it's best to sort of 
not sort of go through, I think, with something like that. Yeah. Well, then, you know, finding out the scope of work is going to help predict if you can work with them or not too. Yeah, 100%. And, Which, like, whatever your services are yeah, will fit within that scope of work. And I guess, like, these points all come hand in hand and overlap in a certain way too because it's, again, the process of a phone call. So understanding, building rapport, getting the scope of work, and then you can also start identifying the style preferences that the client might want as well. So, and that's, again, something like if you have niched down with your business and you only do modern home designs or you only do kitchen designs or just something that's very specific and the clients come to you and said, like, their style is, oh, gosh, I don't know, monochromatic um, farm stay or something, and then you don't do that. So then that's a cool way to understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I think like as well, I mean, we speak a lot about um, not so much styling, I guess, on this podcast, because it's not a service that we typically do in our business a lot. It's not our main sort of thing. But obviously, if you're doing, if that's sort of the service that you offer, um, you might have like a packages sort of guide that you might send. Um, We just don't do that because we actually quote on the actual proposed scope of work depending on what it is so it's a lot more detailed but if you have like certain packages that you actually do for like a fixed price um this call would probably be good to go through those sort of levels I would say at the end of the call when you have a really great idea of what they're after and how you can actually help them yeah um so that's something that you can sort of implement into the discovery call that we just don't do because it's just not our um what's the word like process process of our business (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was mind blanking there um and I think as well like we're gonna go sort of through the questions that we find helpful to ask in our discovery calls but I think like you can potentially add some additional ones depending on what your business actually is um so I think when we sort of go into discovery call um, I think me and Marissa probably might do them a bit differently, like because we're just hundred oh, percent. We're we just different, sort of the yeah. way that we communicate is different. Yeah, the outcome is always the same. Yeah, um, because we sort of have guidelines. If we you loosely follow them, I, imagine if we had a phone call set up and it was both of us trying to do our discovery calls to the same person, that'd be completely different. Yeah, so different. Yeah, it would be like the same varied questions that we're trying to get out but the way that we would communicate them through would be hilarious yeah (laughs) so I think like the first thing is what is the project yeah like you know that's what do you need help with yeah you know um are you doing a new build or renovation you're doing a kitchen design you're whatever they're doing so you need to find out what the main goal is and this might take a little bit of work because they might not actually understand what their job is like what they need done yeah so it's sort of like extracting that from them (laughs) some people are very like this is what i need and other people just don't really know because they've never worked with an interior designer yeah and they don't know what you can actually offer them yeah um we usually go through like what their style and preferences are. Um, what else? Well, I normally go straight in when I do mine. So I'm just like talk about the project and then obviously help them explain the type of the project. Mm. Um, I also ask, have they got a builder? Who's their architect? Um, what kind of style they have? Or if they've been influenced by any other designers and or, you know, anything on Instagram? Can they give me some names? Um, and obviously budget. Yeah. I think a big one for us is 
budget and timeline. Yeah. Those are the ones that I usually focus in on. Like those are the ones well, that where, wasn't my order, but that was just no, like no, no, me. No. Yeah. But those are the ones that like flag me straight away. Like yep. those are the big ones that I ask just because for me, it's like an immediate yes or no sort of well, thing. Yeah. If they're organized, they're going to engage us yeah. same time as architect. Yeah. And I think it, as well, like it's important to know that this call is for them, but it's mostly actually for you. Mm. Like to actually, you're interviewing them like without them knowing you know what I mean like you're doing it so that you can actually see if you want to work with them yeah and that's how it should be though yeah um I think this all of these questions will vary greatly depending on what services you actually offer so I guess if you do styling like you could ask um you know do they have any existing furniture that you need to include within the new design a lot of the time I mean we don't really if we do styling I don't like when clients say that they have existing existing stuff because for us it becomes so much more work to work around those pieces because it means they're really invested in in that yeah and half the time it's like this table that they've had for like 30 years and it does not suit anything in the home that they want to achieve so anyways that's a whole nother thing but these are like little things where i think when you're first starting out, you probably don't know, but as you go along, you realize things that take you a lot of time and things that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. I also, in when I do the discovery calls, like once I find more about them, I explain a bit of our process to them. So explaining like after this discovery call, what the next steps are and how it goes from there. Um, I don't, I don't really let them know that I've locked them in. I just leave the conversation with saying like, yep, thank you so much for your time and information. We're going to review everything and then I'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, it depends for me when I do it. No, I don't do if it straight I up. Know, no. like straight away, I'll be like, okay, let's book in for an actual consult after that. Yeah. Um, because what we do is we do the discovery call and then we do a paid actual con- like well, hold face-to-face up. I always consult. tell you about my discovery calls because then I like your judgment as well as mine to know yeah. if we need to do it or not yes I don't just go yeah well this is good yeah see uh, see this is the thing so Marissa isn't confident in her judgment of people because of past experiences <laughs> <laughs> that is my weakness so she just confirms everything with me before but I'm quite confident in my ability to yeah pick people so the way I do mine is have all those same questions and then mm. I go oh yeah this person sounds really good yeah and then it could be a red flag yeah that I've but raised. I mean most of you don't have a business partner or no. wouldn't have a business partner so you will need to learn to be confident in your sort of red light red Maybe I've red, just light, red flag picking abilities and I think yeah. also it's it just comes down to like a gut feeling and I think it's a gut feeling is something that everyone just ignores Oh, I definitely ignored a few. You know, if you have a gut feeling that something like the job's not right for you, it's not right for you. Yeah. Um, I think we just make excuses in our mind like, oh, but it's like my dream client, even though you just know that it's no, things that yeah. they've said, it just doesn't feel right. Or you're being thing. too nice because you're people pleasing and yes. then they're like, oh, but I really want you. And you're like, oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah. I think, look, I'm very guilty of that. In business in general, your gut is like your biggest leader. Yeah. Um, and I think actually recognizing that and being able to be like, oh, I don't feel good about this um, is a skill that is acquired. Yeah. And look, to be fair, we are pretty, you know, grateful to have each other I guess I couldn't think of the right word um lucky 
yeah, help me out. Is that the right word? I feel like, well, that's how I feel. Like it's pretty it good. It makes it easier for sure. There's two of us. Mm. Yeah. So we do do things it, like, you know, court, we'll do the discovery calls. I might go get all the colors. Like yeah. we do help each other out. Um, but I would admit that discovery calls are probably my weakness. That's why I usually do them. I know. <laughs> um, I also look for like certain phrases, I think, that like confirm it for me that they would be a client that we would really enjoy working yeah. with. Well, again, that comes down to if you hear yeah. the red flags or not. It's like the way that they speak to you, like that they actually already value your service in yeah. the way that they speak and they know that you can give them something that they don't have. And I think as well, like this call is an opportunity to sell yourself. Mm. Um, like by the initial con, like after this call, they should already be pretty sure that you know they want to work. It'll with you. be a good fit, <laughs> and they want to work with you because yeah. you've instilled the confidence and that sort of thing within them. Um, and even in these calls, like I think the way that we do that is I often talk like they'll talk about their plans and stuff and their ideas and like we just confirm them and be like oh yeah you could do something like this or we could do something like this you know like you're already talking design to them yeah you know what I mean yeah and showing that you are very knowledgeable in what you do and how you can help them and that's the biggest thing when you're selling to someone is like if you can um help them with their pain point immediately they're like oh my god yes yeah well I mean it's their emotion side too as yeah. soon as you make them feel like comfortable, relaxed, and that you've got this, easy. Yeah. Well, people buy off of emotion. Emotion. Yeah. And that uh, this comes down to like price point as well. I'm a firm believer. Like you literally could send your proposal to someone. It could be any price. Yeah. And like as long as you've really instilled in them that you can effortlessly solve their problems, they'll be like, "Yep." Yeah. It's like me with clothes. <laughs> Solves my problems. I'll buy anything from Lorna Jane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the only shop that I do that in. Anyway. Yes. But I think like being very good at discovery calls is just, again, once you do them over and over again, you get quite good at them. Yeah. And you know what to look for and you know what to say. And it's all like the language sort of key things. points. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some red flags. Yes. What is one, Courtney? Um... I need this project completed urgently. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> if they're using words like urgently, we need it done as soon as possible, anything like that, it's yeah. a red flag because already they're telling you that they don't value the service that you do um, and the time that it takes for you to do the service Yeah. because they don't actually realize how much work it is. No. So that's a It's very like black and white there. Anything that says urgently, no. Yeah. Red flag. Or then they've got like, I have a very tight budget, but I expect a luxurious outcome. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think that? it's like... What's that champagne beer saying? Champagne. Um, champagne taste on a beer budget. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I always get it around the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, if a client says they have a very tight budget, as an interior designer, no matter what service that you offer, it's probably not ideal because that's not how we make money. And interior design is a luxury service. Yeah. If you can't afford us, then you can't afford us. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I know some people want to be quite affordable so that it's accessible to everyone, but there's sort of a line that you draw, I think, mm. because like literally you're not going to make any money 
No, then you have to work. And there's like, no point of having jobs. a business if you're not making money. No, exactly. Um, so that is a red flag because immediately that sort of person will probably will never accept your proposal to begin with. So you're just wasting your time. And if they do, it'll be like a nightmare job where they are constantly like, you know, pushing down the things that you're suggesting and it's, it'll just not end well. I can promise you that. Oh, how about I'm not interested in signing a contract. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. Again, it's sort of, that's an immediate red flag because like why don't you (laughs) why don't you want to sign a contract Mm. because you're probably already wanting to do dodgy (laughs) things you know and those are a lot of the projects that would end up like in fair trading or just things going pear-shaped is it's not what you need in your business if someone does not sign your contract immediately sees the relationship that you have with that person um what else Mm, I feel like if they talk about other designers to you in the phone call that's a red flag oh yeah if people are like oh I had this other designer and she was just horrible or you know anything along those sort of lines negative that's a red flag because that designer probably wasn't horrible it was probably that she just didn't like her process or like any of these things and it'll probably happen to you as well yeah so don't put yourself in that situation yes so definitely red yeah. flag. Well, I mean, that's just these are just a few red flags, but there's obviously going to be more out there. Um, this one is a good one. Oh. I'm not exactly sure what I want, but I'll know when I see it. <laughs> Those clients never know, and they'll never <gasps> confirm your designs. Oh, that one kills me. A billion changes because they yeah. have no idea what they want. And there's a like, difference when obviously clients are hiring you because they don't actually know how to put things together. Yeah, but you should still know what you like and what you don't like. But there mm. there are clients, like clients who would say that statement, that literally no matter what you send them, it'll never be what they want. What they want because no. they have no idea what they want. And because you have to be a mind reader and, you know, see what they're actually thinking because they won't tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, that is a time waster, red flag. Um, I'll provide my own materials the ones that you sourced are too expensive. Well, I mean, I have no words. That's just, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Or like clients who I think like as well during the discovery call, like you're going to be speaking about what the process is and what they can expect. Yeah. Um, if they do work from you, with you. Um, so I think if they already start talking and being like, oh, well, I don't actually need that from you. Or like they try and already change your process. That's a red flag. Mm. Um, we are very set in our process. Like we never, we don't change it for people. This is our process. We have this process for a reason. Yeah. Um, and this is how we get our jobs with the outcomes that they do. Yeah. So for we're not sure. taking out the mood boards because you don't want to pay for them. You know, like yeah. No, you get one. Yeah. <laughs> so <gasps> that is a red flag. Yeah. Or when they say that they, you know, are very close with certain people and they want their opinions on everything that's going into the house. Yes. Mm. That's a big one. It's very annoying. That's a big one. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's a really good way to also ask something along those lines during the discovery call. Yeah, I feel like those are like the really big ones that would pop up mm. all the time. Like those are really common statements that we hear Yeah, quite a bit from people. 
Um, and yeah. And I think also it's like when, oh, this is a good one. If they tell you <laughs> their budget is something. Yeah. Say it's like whatever. It's something that you can work with. Um, but then they tell you the things that they actually want and you're like, this will never work. No. You know, yeah. like you want marble all over the walls and the floors and all of this stuff, but your budget is like nothing. Very small. Already they don't have realist- realistic expectations and no. you probably will never be able to make them happy. Um, and that's why I like And then it'll come back on you and yeah. they'll be like, well, that's not what I wanted. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's not worth your time. No, but I mean, asking about their style and what they're actually picturing in their head at the beginning helps to alleviate that one yeah for sure Mm. um yeah I feel like that's probably it yeah well I mean end of the day everyone's gonna come across their red flags but they're all learning curves yeah and I think as well like these phrases I don't know how to say this like not all the time are they problematic but I think it's like the way that people speak because sometimes people like actually just have no idea so you need to like set those boundaries and that sort of thing. Yeah. It depends like what phrase it is, but I think you need to learn how the tone of people's voice and like you know, to yeah. read people a little bit. Um, because at the end of the day, it comes down to communication, how we communicate to clients and tell them oh, how yeah. things are and, and how receiving they are of that information. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, think it's still okay thing. to like go through the discovery call and like, yep, you, you may think that they're a good client, then do the initial consult afterwards, like the paid one. And that's more like, well, for us, it's face to face. Yeah. So by that time, when you meet them face to face. You might meet them and be like, no. Yeah. So like, you don't have to say no straight away. Like it could be at the initial consult before you even start the process. Yeah. Yeah. I think really just the discovery call is just a way to weed out the really bad ones. But yeah, you might think someone's a really great match and then you go and meet them and it just doesn't feel right. And then you just don't continue. And it happens. Along. And it's totally okay to say no to people and just say, look, I don't think my services are right for what you're after I can recommend these sort of designers like if they aren't like a terrible person recommend them to other designers who offer better services that suit their needs yes um or you can literally just say sorry it just doesn't align you know you're entitled to say stuff like that yeah um I was gonna say something else but now I forget didn't park it up in the brain no no it's <laughs> annoying that's it that's all i've got all right well on that note then <laughs> that'll be it yeah that's it for thanks today. for listening to this episode yeah and hope you enjoyed it talk soon if you liked it again follow subscribe and share it share then- it on your instagram <laughs> show all of your other designer friends about this podcast because um it's a lot of valuable information yeah and we will have some guests coming up soon which is exciting yes if you are someone that's listening to this actually and you want to be a guest on our podcast let us know let us know send Mm. us a dm on instagram um our instagram is bb house h-a-u-s house House. underscore we into house (laughs) anyways have a great day thanks for listening (laughs) 